Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Hey, let's go. There's going to be a lot of traffic on the way to the game. Ah, uh, don't worry. I got Bruins plate. People get out of our way. Au revoir. Have a good game. Great plates. I want them too. Are you even old enough to drive? Joining us on the Harbor One Hotline, former NHL goaltender, current Nesson hockey analyst, Emmy Award winning actor, Andrew Raycroft. Andrew is brought to you by Shaw's and Star Market. Good morning, Andrew. Morning, guys. Good to be back. Hope everyone's doing well. Everybody's doing well. I I got to be honest, though. You disappoint me. I mean, I, I, <laughs> oh, that's a great start. Tough, yeah, you, tough you, start. You, you disappoint me. I I follow along on Twitter last night as we're working, watching the game, and I and I see this tweet out from Andrew Raycroft saying Tuka's absolutely got to have that second goal. <laughs> Do you watch the games, Andrew? For crying, I'm kidding. <laughs> Oh man, I couldn't resist, and I know it's an easy one. It's, it's you know it's, it's low hanging fruit, but I really just couldn't resist getting that one out. I was just so excited the season was starting, and the first random Tuca goal to get everybody fired up about. <laughs> uh, Andrew, one of my takeaways, kind of going into the season, and then it played out a little bit last night. And it's not meant to be a, a real criticism of Tory Krug. It's just that he went and signed for a lot of money with St. Louis. And I just feel like this team is probably not going to miss him all that much. I still think they're going to be really effective on the power play. And he obviously has never been, you know, the world's greatest five-on-five defender. So am I crazy to think that, you know, he's going to move on and they're, and they're probably going to be just fine? I don't think that's crazy. I think there's going to be nights where you, you wish you had him in the lineup. But I think overall, I, I, I tend to lean your way, especially with the, the amount of money he got. I think also the other thing to look at is the guys that are on that power play unit know exactly what everybody's saying, and those guys have a lot of pride in, in their game. And I'm assuming that Brad and Patrice and David and David have talked and said, listen, you know, Tori was a good player, but we're the reason why this power play was so good. We're the reason he had the points on the power play, and, and let's go out and prove that. And, and I would imagine – that's how it usually goes in the NHL. When guys leave, as much as they'll say great things and a great teammate, at the same time, they want to prove that it's, it's actually them that are the ones for, for their success. Andrew, I know you wanted to fire up the base, and it's real easy to get Bruins fans going uh, <laughs> when we used to be allowed to be together, but especially on social media when you criticize Tuca. But on the whole, last night, you have to be pretty impressed with the way he came through when it mattered, especially bending over backwards with, you know, less than six seconds left to save the Bruins in overtime and get him to the shootout. He was fantastic all night. And, and again, that, that, that tweet about the goal was, was straight. He was, he was great in the first period as well. They have, New Jersey's got a lot of young guys. They were flying through the neutral zone. They were taking the puck wide, and Tuca was standing in there. They scored, would score the goal in the third period, but he had two or three similar chances even in the first period. He took a penalty on one. Tuca made saves on all of those plays. So right from the start, I think, you know, the, the, the offensive chances that 
Tuca had to make were quite impressive. So, you know, they, I saw 20, 20 saves, but it felt like a lot more, and a lot of those were high quality. So it was a, a, as good of a start you can have for Tuca, and he made the three saves in the shootout. And, and that's something that the Bruins haven't gotten over the years. They haven't been good in shootouts, scoring-wise, but they also haven't had a goalie you know, make the three saves that they need to to get going and finally make a save at the end or make, make get a goal at the end. So good on Suka. It was a good start for him. I think that it was probably time for the Bruins and for Zdeno Chara to move on, and they have. Uh, I did have a concern on his departure, and I saw it again last night. Bruce Cassidy talked about it post-game. Uh, Miles Wood running Tuca on a couple of occasions. Kevin Miller wanting to fight Miles Wood, but he wants no part of it. They have to protect their goaltender better than they did last night. They do. They do. The game's changed, though, and, and those guys going to the net, those little five foot ten Miles Woods flying to the net with their heads down, I mean, he's not going to fight Zidane Chara either. If he's not fighting Kevin Miller, he's not fighting Zidane Chara. And, and I think in that respect, it's a team top this kind of thing. You saw Miles Wood get penalties last night for doing that. The referees are protecting goalies more. The, re- the league has sent a memo to the refs. We need to get this away. This can really hurt guys, whether it's a goalie, whether it's a defenseman barreling into the net. We need to take this away and protect the guys a little bit. So certainly there's going to be nights where you're going to miss that today in all team toughness. There's guys that in the league, there's a few guys left that can bully people around. And Zidane was, was the big guy not doing that. But, most of the teams don't have that anymore. There's just really not a lot of it. And they, they have to find a way to, to, to angle those guys off maybe a little sooner than they did last night. But overall, I think they're going to be okay without team toughness as once Miller gets going and, and they have some of these other guys that fourth line gets going. We haven't talked to you in a little while. So were you okay with uh, Zdeno Chara going somewhere else and, and the Bruins deciding that, all right, if we did bring him back, he was going to have a limited role, or would you have liked to see one more go at it? No, it's, it seems from what everybody's saying, and it seems amicable. It doesn't seem like there was a lot of drama with it. I think, you know, we heard everybody talk. Everything was, all the cards were on the table, and everybody made the decision that they wanted to make. It wasn't, uh, you know, they, they, they gave Zidane a few options. Zidane gave the Bruins a few options, and it seems like both made those decisions. I think it's hard as, a, as an NHL player to, to give it up, especially if you still think you can help a team win a Stanley Cup. That's, that's hard to walk away from, especially as you get older. It's, when you're 30, 31, 32, 33, you might not be smart enough and say, oh, I'm good, I'm done. But when you get, you don't see the guys 40 walk away if they still feel like they can play because they know how, how great it is and what a lifestyle it is and how much they're going to miss everybody. So I don't think they, anybody did anything wrong in this situation. I think it's, it's pro hockey. And, and legends, I played with Matt Sundin in Toronto, and, and there's no one as big of a legend as him. And he went and played in Vancouver for a year, which is, basically the equivalent of the Canadian rivalry of Washington-Boston. It's not old school, but it's it's a rivalry nonetheless. Vancouver hates Toronto and vice versa, and Boston hates Washington. So it's a similar situation. It happens often. It's just the Bruins haven't had a legend here like that since Ray Bork. So it, it feels a little, little closer to the skin right now. 
Yeah, if only Boston or New England on the whole was familiar with seeing a legend in his 40s walk away in sports. It seems like a unique storyline. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm more, much more focused on the Bills right now. So. Oh wow! Okay, I was gonna I was gonna ask you who you were, I was gonna ask you who you were rooting for this weekend because I know you're a big football fan as well. But uh, just checking your Twitter, um, how's that dry January working out for you? I'm I'm still hanging in. I'm pumped. I'm I'm like over the hill. I'm doing really well. So. What a horrible uh, idea! All the way Whose idea is this? Why no, would what's, the... why would you torture yourself like that? I don't get it. I don't get well, football with like well, playoffs it's... without beer is the yeah. worst. No, I know, or but every Wednesday. once in a while you have to test the brakes. You have to test the brakes every once in a while. Like 2020 was a long year for everybody, like we right. know. So I, I needed to show myself some discipline. That's all. all right. Good luck. So Brad Marchand, uh, <laughs> Brad Marchand scored the Bruins' first power play goal last night. They assisted on Nick Ritchie's power play goal, which Keith was rooting for. Yeah, uh, he was due. He then scored the the shootout winner in uh, the shootout winner for the for the Bruins. He claims that with the sports hernia that he had fixed in the off season, he played the last couple of seasons at about eighty percent. Are you kidding me? He's got twenty percent more than what we've seen over the last two years. It's, it's it's scary to think, and and he I guess he proved it in game one with with the outing he had, and and that's without David Pasternak on his line, and you know we there's still there's still some more some more rope there for these guys. So I, I think it's just positive that he's healthy. It's positive too that he got through training camp, and he's playing in game one. I know it was up in the air when they first started, so for him to feel this good uh, and nothing tweaked, nothing got worse is is. Good on him for the rehab he did, the hard work he did in the in the offseason, the really long offseason, but also really good for the Bruins that, that he was able to make it through. They had a lot of games in a short period of time coming up. Andrew, we always appreciate talking some Bruins with you. I'll see you at some point at Nesson. God knows when, but at some point soon. Sounds great. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks, guys. Have a good weekend. See you, pal. Enjoy and the football. Thanks. Yeah. We will. Good luck with that. Enjoy your water January. or soda. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, Andrew, I don't, I don't oh. think they're counting on you making this. Oh, no, man. I mean, no, listen, I'm, I'm rooting for you. I've gotten a lot of that. I've gotten a lot of that, believe me, yeah. a lot of it. But I'm, Foot- I'm going to try and get through this weekend. Football yep. and a nice, crisp apple juice. There's nothing mm-hmm. like it. Oh, That's the tops. <laughs> See you, Andrew. Look out Super Bowl, though, right? Oh. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Be a good point. kegs in my house. Yeah, at least that's February. <laughs> We're coming. Uh, don't don't tempt us. We'll be there. It kind of defeats the whole purpose of a dry January if you if you black out the first weekend in February. But all right. <laughs> see you, Andrew. I'll see you. Bye, guys.